Well, if I murdered someone, don't worry, I am not confessing anything today, but if I did, if I committed adultery, if I stole money from the church or stole anything from anywhere for that matter, if I, if I intentionally lied to and deceived people repeatedly, I would no longer be allowed to be a pastor of a church. A.J. Swoboda, who is a pastor and author of a book called Subversive Sabbath, uh, he said this, he said, those things I just mentioned, those are a part of the Ten Commandments. And he said, as a pastor, if I intentionally broke any nine of the Ten Commandments, I would most likely be fired. But if as a pastor, I broke the fourth command, the Sabbath command, I would most likely get a raise. Dang. Sadly, that's true in just about every industry today, including many churches. In our hyper-busy, work-focused, accumulation-saturated culture, we, we pride ourselves on, on how much we accomplish, how much we produce, how much we have, and how many activities we or our, our kids are involved in. There's no study to prove this, but I'm convinced that when we are asked the question, how are you doing, I bet the number one answer is either busy or tired or both. We are tired of being too busy and tired. Corey Tinboom, who is a Christian that lived during the Holocaust, she is famous for her and her family actually hiding, protecting Jewish people uh, from the Nazis. She got captured for doing that, spent time in a concentration camp. She actually said this, if the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. And friends, we're busy. 60% of U.S. adults and 74% of parents said they sometimes felt too busy to enjoy life. One-third of all children said they always felt rushed. Always a third of children said that. Why is that? Like, like, why do we seem to wear busyness as a badge of honor, and yet we constantly talk about how much we need a break and how much we need rest, when God actually built rest into the fabric of creation with this weekly practice called the Sabbath? Uh, the, the Sabbath has been one of the most powerful disciplines I've added to, to my life, but it was also one I think I misunderstood the most, and I don't think I'm alone. Uh, many of us think of the Sabbath as just a, a Jewish thing, or maybe we think Sunday is the Sabbath, or it's a day off from our job. That's, that's the Sabbath, but it's, it can be that, but it's so much deeper and, and even better than that. Other people view the Sabbath as an obligation or a law, but, but the Sabbath is not an obligation. It is an opportunity to truly rest. It, it is in the law of God, but the Sabbath is not law. It is life to our souls. It's not a day off or a Jewish thing. It's not even just an Old Testament thing. It's an every week thing that's changed my life and, and changed my, my wife's life. And I want to be a part of your life as well. In fact, I want Sabbath to be a part of our actual church's life in the coming year. And we'll talk about more about that as the series continues. So, so with all that in mind, I thought it'd be best if we did a whole sermon series, three weeks long, uh, kind of explaining this called the Sabbath more than a Jewish practice. 
if you don't know who this weird guy is, talking about this weird thing called the Sabbath. Uh, my name is Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor here, and uh, I am so glad that, and this is my wife, Sabrina. Welcome, Sabrina, if you would. What are you, what are you doing? I'm busy. I'm like a super important work here. Like you understand. Are you got a gift? Okay. Thank you. I, I don't have, I'm super busy. Just put it in the pile right there. I promise I'll get to it later. Thank you though. I mean, I appreciate it. I love you. You look great. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Uh, I am glad you're here. If you're joining us on video somewhere, uh, especially those of you who are joining us live on the church online platform, you're a part of our family as well. You don't have to be uh, here in person to be a part of our home. We exist to help guide people to experience life to its fullest, connect in a meaningful relationships and make a lasting impact. And one of the ways that we've chosen to make an impact in a way that you can actually join us is through the I Heart Wyoming initiative. Uh, I Heart Wyoming is our effort to elevate, expand, and reinforce the credibility of God's church all across the state of Wyoming by partnering with other churches, resourcing them financially to then go out and serve their community through outreach in tangible ways. So far this year, even through the pandemic, which I was very pleased we had any partner churches, we, partnered, we have partnered so far with six churches and have given away $42,000 in outreach funds. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. We should celebrate that. That's great. <clears throat> Uh, one of those churches is New Life Church uh, across the hill over there in Laramie. And back in August, we partnered with New Life uh, to do a back-to-school backpack, school supply, and shoe giveaway. We got some pictures here on the screen. We can't show pictures of the kids, obviously. Not allowed to do that, but we do have pictures of the supplies they were given out. And uh, to, to dozens and dozens of families in need over there, it was awesome. Those are the kind of things we do through other churches in iHeart Wyoming. And all of that is funded through our year-end offering that we take in December every year. So on every seat when you came in, I want you to grab that. And then also available online in a digital format, we'll put that out there this week as well, is a save the date and pledge card for the offering. It gives you all the details you need to know about the offering date, about how to make a pledge as well, and some ways to pray for every county throughout the month, which would be incredible. The official kickoff of that offering is Sunday, December 13th. Uh, but right now, all I'm asking us to do is pray. Just pray. I know it's been a difficult year, and I know the upcoming year is filled with uncertainty, but I'm thankful that we serve a God who knows the future, including what will happen Tuesday, and we serve a God who provides all of our needs. So why not ask him what he wants you to do? And that's why I want you to pray. Just this prayer, God, what do you want to give through me? What do you want to give through me, and then on the 13th of December, be faithful to give or pledge whatever God, God does. Um, and here's what I'm praying for. I'm not praying for a financial goal, that we hit some goal of, of financial goal. I'm praying for a percentage goal. I'm praying that we would see 100% involvement in the offering of everyone who calls Element Church home, whether here in person or joining us on video, that everyone would, would do something that everyone do something. I say this every single year. Some of you know what I'm about to say. You can even say it yourself. But there, there, no one person can do everything. But we can all do something. And if we all do something, we'll end up accomplishing everything. So that's on Sunday, December 13th. But now let's get back to the Sabbath. I got so busy talking about something else, I couldn't talk about the Sabbath. So let's dive into that again. Another one? Yeah. Okay. 
I told you I'm being, trying to be important things here. Thank you very much. Just put it in the pile. I told you I'd get back to it later. You can, you can do that every, any time, by the way. Just, thank you. I appreciate it, though. I love you. You look great. In, in January, I watched a sermon from Pastor Tim Lucas, who's a pastor in New Jersey. He did a sermon on the Sabbath. And when I watched it, friends, I was so convicted by the Holy Spirit. I actually repented to God, asked for him to forgive me. I sent it to my wife. She watched it. She was convicted, asked God to forgive her and repented as well. And we started working together, talking about how we as a couple could begin to observe and practice the Sabbath in our own lives. And let me tell you, church, it is not easy. Everything in life fights against the Sabbath. Everything. A.J. Swoboda, who I mentioned earlier, said this in his book, the truth remains that Sabbath will be challenging for anyone to live out in our busy, frenetic world. Sabbath goes against the very structure and system of the world we have constructed. Sabbath then becomes a kind of resistance to that world. Sabbath is an alternative lifestyle that goes against everything our world knows. So here's the big idea for today. It's on the screens if you want to write it down. The Sabbath is not a specific day you must observe. It's a way of life you get to practice. It's an alternative lifestyle to the, to the way of the world. It's not just a day that all of us got to observe this one specific day. It's a way of life that we get to, to practice. It's not a have to, it's a get to. And if you're here and you don't believe in God, don't think it doesn't apply to you either. There's actually great benefits for anyone to, to, to follow this, this practice. In fact, we're going to see in the scripture that God loves us and, and cares for us so much that he offers the blessing of the Sabbath to everyone, including animals, by the way. We're going to see that. Not cats. They don't get a Sabbath. But every other animal gets a Sabbath. But we're, we're going to... We're going to see that as a, it's, a, it's a way to refresh and renew our entire selves. And if you're here, if you're watching online and you don't believe in God, I am so, so honored that you've chosen to spend some time with us. My prayer is that you will, will reap the benefits of the Sabbath just as much as the most devout follower of Jesus would. And also, there are literally dozens of secular resources on the weekly practice of the Sabbath, how it's beneficial to anyone. There's actually a phrase called a secular Sabbath. It's just honoring or practicing the one day of rest uh, a week. So Sabbath is not a specific day you must observe. It's a way of life you get to practice. But in order to practice it, we have to know what it is. So the big question today is this, what is the Sabbath? As we kick off this, this year, another one? Honey, that's, it's great. I seriously appreciate you being so generous. I, I'm, I'm going to need you to put them over there in the pile. I promise I'll get to it later. I, I really do appreciate you thinking of me. Thank you. Uh, I love you. You look great. <clears throat> the main scripture today is a lot of it. 
So if you want to follow along on the screens, all the scripture will be there as well. You can download the free Bible app called YouVersion. It's on there. Or if you want a hard copy of a Bible and you're here in person, uh, ask for one out in the lobby before you go. We'll get you one. As with the last series we did, uh, this subject is far too deep and far too complex uh, to cover in just three weeks. And so uh, I cannot talk about everything I want to. I've been diving into this all year long. Uh, so because of that, we're providing a list of suggested resources uh, that we have for you. Some of these are available at the Element Store. All of them are available on Amazon. So if you want to you know, take a screen grab, if you're watching online or take a picture of this. But um, I have read and recommend all of these except for one. I've not read the very bottom one, Keeping the Sabbath Holy. But several of these other authors quoted her a lot. And so I thought it would be a helpful one maybe to offer as a resource. Also, the one just above hers, The Sabbath by Abraham Joshua Heschel, is the only one in this list that is not written from a Christian perspective. He's a Jewish uh, man. He's, he's no, no longer living. But it is an amazing read. It is so cool. I learned so much about the Sabbath reading from a Jewish perspective. And it's a very easy read. You can get through it in literally not very much time at all. Um, the two I'd recommend the most, these are an order of recommendation, are The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. That book is unbelievable in my top five books I've ever read in my life. And it's not just about the Sabbath. It's about an entire way of living. And then Take a Day Off by Robert Morris. Um, I think it might be actually called Take the Day Off. I might have got that wrong. Uh, but I just finished that one. I couldn't put it down. It's, it's the most easy to read and probably the most practical one as well. So if you want to get that one, uh, some of those are available out in the store as well. So what is the Sabbath? Number one, I want to see is this. It is a rhythm, not a rule. It's, you're in a rhythm, let me tell you. Another one? Honey, okay. I, I don't want to be, be mean. I truly do, just I can't get to it right now. Put it in the pile. I promise. I promise I'll get to it later. I, I thank you, though. I love you. You look great. I'm going to keep saying it as long as you giggle at it, so. <laughs> Exodus chapter 20, it's a rhythm, not a rule. Exodus 20, God introduces the Ten Commandments for the very first time. I think most of us are familiar with, with the Ten Commandments. We may not be able to recite all of them, but I bet we could all probably get seven, eight out of, out of ten. And here's what's, what we need to remember. The Sabbath is a part of the Ten Commandments. Several of the authors I, I mentioned earlier actually said something very similar to, to this statement. That, that they, many of them, three or four or five of them, they, they said, it sure seems like today in Christianity, we believe in the nine commandments and one suggestion. But it's ten commandments. The fourth one is the Sabbath command. And here's what God says, Exodus 20, explaining the Sabbath, verses 8 through 10. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. That word holy means set apart or different. It's a different day. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, which is why the Sabbath is, is different. And notice, God does not say you have six days uh, a week to work the job where you get paid. So if you have six days to do all of your ordinary work, and also God is saying this, and someone might need to hear this today, that it's good to work. Work itself is not bad. We should work. We should work hard to provide for ourselves, our families, to contribute to society. But I gave you six days for that. 
And then he says this in verse 10, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. That phrase, Sabbath day of rest, originates in the Hebrew word Shabbat. It's actually what Jewish people still use, that word today, to, to, that's what they call their Sabbath, Shabbat. It's a fun word to say, so everybody say Shabbat. Shabbat. Very good. If you're watching online, let's go ahead and put that in the comment section or chat box. Let's type out Shabbat. Shabbat literally means to stop, to cease. So God, on the seventh day, you, you stop, God says. And here's what he continues on with. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, so there's the animals, and any foreigners living among you. And what is the reason God says we should Shabbat? Why should we stop? Why do we rest? Well, verse 11, he tells us four. In six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. He's referring all the way back to Genesis 2 and the creation story. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. He set it apart as a, a different day, a day to stop. It's a rhythm God established in creation. In six days, he created everything we, we know and see, but on the seventh day, he stopped and rested. Let that sink in for a moment. God stopped and rested. Well, well yeah, but, but my schedule is super, super full. It's really hard for me to... God rested. Well, yeah, but my boss, he's not too big on the whole... God rested. Well, yeah, but I, I have kids, multiple kids. They're involved in all these activities. God rested. After six days of creation and activity, he stopped all of his work, all his creation, all of his activity and accumulation. And please know that, that it wasn't that God stopped and rested because he was tired and worn out, burned out. He stopped to rest in order to delight in his creation and then model for us the, the most healthy rhythm of life. So if God stopped for a full day after working six days straight, do you think we need to? The Sabbath is a 24-hour weekly invitation from God to stop all of our work and listen, both paid and unpaid work. It's not just stopping from the work at your job where you get paid, it's stopping from all of your work, including work you're doing around the house in order to rest and delight in him. It's a day of stopping completely to rest and renew. We stop trying to, to do more, accomplish more, make more, build more, buy more, get more. We, we stop our, all of our striving and, and actually allow God to run the universe. John Mark Comer said this, the Sabbath is like a governor on the speed of life. It forces us to slow down. It literally is a rhythm rooted in creation. And speaking of, of rhythm, uh, I, I want to kind of break this up here and invite uh, our drummer out to the stage. Uh, Natalie, go ahead and come out. Everybody welcome Natalie to the stage. She's going to come out and help us out today. 
Uh, she is leading the rhythm section. We have amazing instrumentalists and band members, and, and we have amazing drummers, and Natalie's one of them. Uh, drummers are already some of the coolest people on the planet, but women drummers are even cooler, and we have one, and she is really, really good. And while she gets set there in the drum cage, I want to set this up uh, by, by telling you this, that, that in music, there is an actual musical notation called arrest. A rest is a, a stoppage of sound for a predetermined amount of time. It might be a full measure, might be a, a beat, a half beat, a quarter beat, whatever it is, but you stop uh, playing the instrument, you stop using your voice, and you rest. You rest. So, Natalie, uh, I want, can you hear me? You good? Okay. I want you to go ahead and just play like a normal rhythm of maybe something you'd play in an upbeat worship song that we do here at Elements. Just normal rhythm, go ahead and, and, and go. All right, very, very good. That was awesome. Good job. Yeah, we can give her a hand. So, Natalie's really, really good. And when, when a drummer's really good, you don't, you don't even pick up on this because they're so good. But even through her whole playing, she was resting. She was not using both hands and her foot on the kick drum on every single beat. That even taking rest on her hands, she was, she was resting. Can you imagine what it would be like if she played with both hands and her foot on every single beat? You're about to imagine it because you're going to see it. <laughs> so, so, Natalie, uh, I, I want you a little bit long. I'll, I'll tell you when to stop on this one, but I want you as best you can, because I know it's not easy, but as best you can, play with both hands and play the kick on every single beat without stopping. Go ahead and, and go. So you goes up. You go, that's, that was awesome. Give her one more hand, everybody. She did awesome. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to see how long she could go, but that's just mean right there. But, but literally, how long could she do that? Whether you're a guitar player, a vocalist, or drummer, like, if you're going to play on every single beat without stopping, you can do that for a while, but you'll eventually collapse. Hello. Because the way she was playing the drums is how so many people are living their lives. Never truly intentionally stopping to rest and be renewed or to practice the Sabbath. To which I know some people say, well, I do rest when I really have to. That's kind of like saying, I do breathe when I really have to. Can you imagine living life that way? Like holding your breath until you have to breathe and then taking one and doing it all over again. Like you can survive that way, but honey, you ain't going to thrive in your life. Only breathing when you have to. A musician can, can play that way for a while, but it will not be good for them or those around them. Sabbath is like breathing to the body or rest in music. It's literally a rhythm that we have to add to our life. 
And listen, I know right now, because I had the same thing, I know there are lots of questions, there's lots of, well, what abouts going through our minds right now, I, I, I get it. Uh, things, things like, well, what about all the legalism that comes with the command of the Sabbath, and, and what about my situation? I have X, Y, and Z, and it makes it so hard for, for me to Sabbath, and, and what do you even do on the Sabbath? Sit there and stare at the wall? It does not seem refreshing at, at, at all. Those are all great questions. I've had them myself, and I promise you we're going to get to those questions throughout this series. But just for now, just know that the Sabbath is a part of the rhythm of creation given by God for our good. John Mark Comer put it this way. When we fight this rhythm, we go against the grain of the universe. And what happens when you go against the grain? You get splinters. The Sabbath is not a specific day you must observe. It's a way of life you get to practice. So, so what is the Sabbath? It is a rhythm. Number two is this. It is a reminder. It's a reminder. It's almost like you're getting reminders. Do you have a reminder on your phone or something? I, I, okay, honey, if you just put it on the pile, I promise I'll get to it later. And you, let me finish this first and I'll get to it. Thank you, though. Appreciate it. Love you. You look great. <laughs> In the book of Deuteronomy, uh, God repeats the Ten Commandments. He gives them a second time. Uh, he gives them through Moses to his people, ultimately to us. And it's super, super interesting. I never knew this until I was re... I mean, I've been devouring stuff about the Sabbath all year, year long. I never knew it until I studied the Sabbath that the other nine commandments in, in Deuteronomy are nearly... They are exactly the same as what, we, as what you will see in Exodus, except for the Sabbath command, God changes something. In Exodus, the Sabbath command was rooted in the rhythm of creation. In Deuteronomy, it's rooted in a reminder of where we've come from and what God did for us. Like everything else in the seventh command, if you read it in Deuteronomy 5, it's the same. You have six days for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, you, anyone in your house, your animals, you must stop Shabbat and rest on the Sabbath. But now instead of saying, for God created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested, now in verse 15 of Deuteronomy 5, God gives this reason for stopping. Remember, that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest, to stop on the Sabbath day. He, he told them, remember, you were once slaves. And, and for Israel, that was a literal statement. They were literal slaves in Egypt, but God rescued them with his strong hand and powerful arm. For us, though, none of us were slaves in Egypt under Pharaoh. Our slavery is different. Our slavery is a slavery to sin, spiritual darkness, and an eternal separation from God. So the Sabbath should be for us today a, a weekly reminder of our Redeemer, that, that when we Shabbat, when we stop, when we cease, and when we rest, it is a reminder that God alone is the one who saves and sustains us. That God alone is the one who provides and heals and forgives. That, that through Jesus, God in the flesh, he did the only work that we were unable to do on our own. He paid the price for our sins, dying on a cross, rose from the dead three days later, and then 
offers to us forgiveness and freedom for free by faith in him. And the Sabbath is our weekly reminder that Jesus did the work I could not do. He saved me from my slavery to sin. And this command is even more significant than that, especially if you were a Jewish person. The Jewish people, they, they knew all too well that slaves don't get a Sabbath. They were just rescued from slavery when he gave this. You don't ever stop or rest as a slave. You work every day, sometimes all day, and if you're caught resting, you're punished. Like you can read that in the Exodus story about the people of, of Israel. So through the Sabbath, not only is it a weekly reminder of what God saved us from, but it's also a weekly reminder that we are free in God, that we are not overworked, overburdened slaves. We are blessed and beloved children of God. And the Sabbath, when we stop to observe it, reminds us of that, that with his strong arm and powerful hand. He rescued us from slavery. But here's what scares me, church. When I was first challenged and convicted by this, it scared me then. It scares me for myself. It scares me for our church. That we might be free in Christ through God's power and grace, but so many of us choose to be slaves anyway. And I'm not talking about like slavery to sin. That's another sermon for another day. It's more subtle than that, but maybe just as dangerous. Like Corey Tinboom said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Because even as Christians today, we are slaves. We're slaves to work, to progress, to accumulation, to activity, to achievement, to status, to position, to possessions, to power. We're like the children of Israel. We're free from our slavery in Egypt, and we are on the way to the promised land, but we keep complaining about wanting to go back and be under the control of Pharaoh again. And when I look at how busy and active our lives are, how much we pursue and try to get in life, it makes me think this, and it's on the screens. Pharaoh might be gone, but Egypt is alive and well. And friends, I don't want us living in Egypt. I want us living in freedom on the way to the promised land. The Sabbath is not a specific day you must observe. It's a way of life we get to practice.